Thanks for joining us today. Hey, you know, all the podcasts that I've done and videos that I've done, I've never really explained my past and where I came from and why I am where I am today and why I think the way I think today. You know, uh, one of the biggest things that I, I believe is someone's story tells a lot about them. It tells a lot about where they are in their life now, where they're going, and and uh, it tells, you know, obviously tells their past. You know, their story tells where they've been. Uh, but where you've been is not where you're going. What's happened in the past doesn't mean what's going to happen in the future. You know, there's there's people that have coined the phrase, I'm just repeating it, but your past does not define your future. And that is the honest, I mean, absolute gospel when it comes to uh, anyone. Whether your past is great doesn't mean your future is going to be great. Or if your past was terrible, bad, you know, marked in tragedy and, and failure, that has nothing to do with tomorrow. Tomorrow is tomorrow. We haven't lived it. Uh, we know what we want to do tomorrow, but we, uh, you know, don't worry that tomorrow is not going to be as good as it could be because you know what? What you do today will determine your tomorrow. I grew up in a actually an awesome family. Mom and dad. My mom stayed home most of the time. My dad was at work. My brother and my sister was you know around. We, we had a great relationship. Had the had the dog. Had a cat went out on the boat on the weekends, you know, it was fun. But there was something going on with me that uh, I don't think um, anyone maybe saw because I put on a, a good front was the fact that I was feeling insignificant at, um, at an early age, probably somewhere 10, 11 years old it started. Up to that point, I was a kid, didn't care. But at that point, you started to see changes in and then by the time you're 12 years old, it started to, to really change. You know, some of your friends have girlfriends and boyfriends or whatever, and even though that's kind of early. Obviously, they're not serious relationships. They are what they are. And even if you didn't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you had a lot more new friends. You were making new friends. And, and I lived in a neighborhood. I had a lot of friends in my neighborhood, but I wasn't. And they were friends from my past. I haven't really started meeting new people. And, and so as we all started aging and I start, as I started to change, mm -hmm. I wasn't changing with, um, with everyone else. You know, it just, it just wasn't happening. And so I decided at, at an early age that I would still, you know, be who I was and I would try to succeed. And I wasn't the ladies' man and I wasn't the star athlete. I was just, I felt like I just existed. There was a lot of things that I had going for me at the time. I just didn't see them then, but I see them now. And, you know, the story that we're writing about right now, myself, um, I've, I've written a story and it's being um, ghost written by Rod. And the story tells my, uh, tells my past and it begins with a car at the age of 13. You know, I, I, uh, I can tell you for a fact I mean, absolutely for a fact that this car changed my life. And I can't wait for the book to be released because this book talks about a car and a young man and how life changes happen and how I adjusted to those changes and how a car taught me the approach to business and creative deal making, whether it be financing or terms or just making someone say yes when they were saying no. This car did that for me. With the support of my family, of course, because it wasn't all about this big chunk of steel made in Detroit and, you know, with this long history. It was just a really cool story. So 
when the book is released later in 2017, we hope right now, that's the goal right now, maybe November 3rd, 2017 is our target date, that that book will explain to a lot of people, and actually young people, um, we're going to try to figure out a way to make it uh, appealing and maybe make a, a version that's more appealing to a younger crowd because, you know, now we have the, uh, we, you have the term of bully, you know, kids being bullied now. Um, I wasn't really bullied too much growing up. I mean, everybody had their time, but I was more to the point of, you know what? Um, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit around and get bullied. Take, I mean, it just wasn't my, it wasn't who I was. It wasn't who I am. And so, anyway, we, this, this book is going to explain a whole lot, and it's going to tell a lot about my story. But I want to tell just briefly today, you know, I'm someone that always had a, an idea for working for myself, even at an early age. Before I knew any of the positives or negatives, I just knew I wanted to work for myself. I didn't have a problem taking orders or following orders. What I had a problem with is, is seeing everyone around me that worked for someone that were still complaining they didn't have enough money or they couldn't do something couldn't go on the vacation they wanted to go on. And, it, you know, when you did go on vacation, it was once a year. It was a big production because you didn't want to mess it up. I mean, that was your one time that year. And one of the the, the things, for example, right now, I'm in Orlando, uh, actually recording this podcast from a hotel. Uh, I'm, I'm down here for a little bit of business, a little bit of pleasure. But I'm down here three, four times a year. Uh, of course, we go other places, but I'm just talking about Orlando right now or as the locals call it, O-Town. I love it down here. Of course, there's, you know, the big uh, amusement parks and beaches. You know, if you drive 45 minutes one way, you'll hit a beach, and maybe an hour and a half the other, you hit another beach. So it's perfect. I mean, it's just a great place. And, and I'm down here, and I'm looking at a lot of the families. I'm listening to them talk at the hotel lobby. They, they've planned this trip for a long time. These kids are super ecstatic. The parents are Maybe somewhere between ecstatic and stress, but either way, they're all having, I think, a good time. What if it was the rain the entire week they were here and what they wanted to do was outside? They're going to feel terrible. First of all, they're out of town. They're supposed to be having a good time. But under that is going to be, wow, we, we saved, we financed, whatever we did this trip. We got here. The kids are ecstatic, and now they're let down. And that is not something that I ever saw, could ever foresee myself seeing with my family living personally, my immediate family now, my wife and kids. So long before I met my beautiful wife, Becky, and long before we had our beautiful kids, long before the house and everything that we have now, was the story of this 13-year-old that saw a future. It was smoky. It was cloudy. There wasn't tracks or instructions on how to go from A to B, but there was a desire in my heart that I knew for a fact that I had to change where I was. You know, I didn't grow up in poverty. I mean, if I needed shoes, I got shoes. Might not have been the name brand, but you know what? I got it. And I did get some hand-me-downs. I'm not talking about small things. I'm talking about seeing your parents work their hands off, seeing your aunts and uncles, and, and, and just seeing that genuinely people aren't really that happy. And so what I wanted to do was change that for me. And I started looking around at different careers. Now, I will tell you early on, I figured I wasn't going to college. Uh, now, knowing what I don't know today, I'm glad I didn't go to college. I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, but at the time, I felt, well, 
maybe this decides, design, you know, uh, decides my future. Maybe because I'm not going to college, I'm going to have sort of that extra uh, upper ed uh, diploma in my hand that that's going to determine my successes, that I will not do as well as I should or could. And you know what? Um, I have a little bit of background with that. Uh, I had someone in the high school um, that I was going to at the time tell me that, you know, life is going to be hard for you and maybe you ought to consider dropping out and getting a head start. And that really, uh, that kind of depressed me, you know, it kind of think, wow, it's, 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 it's reaffirming what this fear I had inside. It's reaffirming that. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to acknowledge it, but instead of taking that and just dealing with it and accepting it, I use that as fertilizer, right? I used it as motivation. I decided that this comment, and especially this person, was never, ever going to define my future. And no matter what I felt, what I did, what I had up until that point in my life, it didn't mean tomorrow or next year or in 10 years it was going to be any different. So I decided to start thinking about working for myself. And for whatever reason, heating and air conditioning came natural to me. I liked the subject. I loved, actually loved the subject. And, you know, from, from the age of 10, I used to watch cartoons. And that's back when you actually had to get up off the couch and manually turn the channel on the TV. We only had about four channels to pick from. So if you were real picky, trust me, it's not like it is now. So I would watch cartoons on Saturday morning. The only time I was in the house, mind you, as a kid, because I was always out playing and adventuring and talking and trying to get myself into uh, either good op opportunities or sometimes as a kid, you get yourself a little trouble. And I, uh, I would get up and watch cartoons on Saturday morning. And then somewhere around, I think it was 11 a.m., maybe 12, I think it was probably 11, cartoons were over with, and I would turn the channel, and on one of the other channels, was the home improvement king himself, Bob Vila. Now, I would, I would watch this new show at the time that he had, showing people how to renovate houses and how, how, how to properly fix things, right? Maintenance and repairing and upgrading. And as a 10-year-old kid, I was stuck to that show. Show would go off, I'd go outside, and I was back to being a kid. But I look now and say, you know what? I, I, that... That definitely is one of the things that defined who I am and in the career that I'm in now uh, as a builder, real estate investor, um, and podcaster now officially. Uh, I, I look at all of the things that were the fabric of my life. I mean, the things, the individual strands of fabric that has made the clothes I wear today. That is it. And I'm excited to tell the story in this book. But you know... When you're, when you're looking at the heating and air conditioning business as a, as a teen, you know, 16 years old, you're watching the guy fix the AC or install the AC at your house, and you get this natural uh, urge to, 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 to ask the questions, hey, what are you doing there? Why are you doing that? What tool is that called? And it, and it occurred to me, and I know now, that that was the beginnings of my professional career. You know, and this guy was getting his hands dirty, working. It was pretty hot, I remember. Uh, didn't matter to me. I saw what this person was doing as a real asset, that this is something that we need. I mean, next next time it's uh, 100 degrees outside with humidity in the 80% range, turn off your AC and see how important it is. And I think most of us would agree we kind of need it. 
and as my teens, upper teens, I turn into, you know, at the, at the end of my, my mm-hmm. high school career, <laughs> um, I, uh, I looked at, uh, I looked at what I wanted to do in life and I did a few odd jobs when, when I was in school you know, and actually early on, I had a paper out in the morning. I think I started that at 12 years old. And then, um, when I was 16, I started working at an auto parts store after school. So at 16 and 17 years old, I had a paper route in the morning. I had school and I had this auto parts, uh, part-time job in the evenings. So I was getting home from work at seven o'clock and eat dinner, do a little bit of homework and then work on my car that was in the garage that this uh, book that Rod and I are writing is just going to be, I think, very exciting when you want to hear that. But under all of that, I still had this desire. What was I going to do to make a lot of money in my life? And, you know, look, Every time now you turn on the TV, you see somebody selling a program on how to real, uh, invest in real estate and the next big thing, and you didn't have that then. I mean, you actually had TV shows. Um, very, I mean, there was infomercials, but it's not like it is now. Uh, of course, you didn't have the internet. Um, you didn't have smartphones. You didn't have a lot of things that you have now. And, I, and actually, and I think in some cases, it was a better world. But now we have information like never before. And if you use it properly, stay off of the the garbage that's online. And if you use online to learn and educate yourself, it's the best time in history. I mean, because we have any answer to any question a few clicks away. It's actually pretty amazing. Uh, but like everything else, we managed to uh, cloudy, the, cloudy the positive by going online and watching tacky videos or, or maybe even political garbage all day long. When in fact, if you use that time to learn and educate yourself, learn new trends, uh, learn new techniques, reading other people's stories. Uh, it, it's definitely somewhere that you want to be. You know, I, I think that the heating and air conditioning business for me, there was something underlying that I didn't see at the time, but I, I see it now, is I actually saw the future through someone else working with their hands and their tools. Because I could see that it was needed. I could see that uh, you know what, if you go to a, a, an ice cream shop and the refrigeration doesn't work, if the, the ice cream machine doesn't work, well, obviously, they're not selling anything, right? You're not buying the liquid. You're buying ice cream, which is required to be chilled. Uh, guess what? If the equipment's broken, they're out of business. Or what if the milk spoils at the grocery store? Um, if, if the heat is out in the building, it's the middle of the winter. You're not going to go to that restaurant and freeze while you're trying to eat this overpriced steak. Uh-uh. No, you're staying home. And if the heat or the AC is broken at your house, I can assure you that you can test nerves in your house, that people that normally get along are now on edge. So heating and air conditioning is a part of life. It's part of what we need in a civilized world, and it makes a lot of businesses click. It, it, it gives us the luxuries that we, uh, we have. I saw that at an early age. So after school, a couple of different part-time jobs here and there. I started my career with a local heating and air conditioning company. And from day one, it was, it was evident to uh, the service manager who hired me, which the guy's name was Jim. And you know what? He gave me a chance of a lifetime and I took it and I didn't take it for granted. I took it and ran with it. And I made, I made this, this opportunity that I'd been preparing for, for years and, and, and learning because I you know, went to school part-time to learn the technical side of heating and air conditioning. And I took that and I ran with it. And let me tell you, did I run with it? 
Um, I look back now and say, you know, I worked for that company for 10 years, from 1990 until 2000. In May of 2000, I started my own business, my own heating and air conditioning business. Funny story, I met Becky, who is now my wife. I met her a week before I was terminated from this job. Um, and it was a battle between terminated and quit because as I was trying to take my key off the key ring and give it to the guy so I could leave that place, uh, he told me I was fired. Uh, but either way, uh, I met her the weekend before that. And so then I had to tell her in the first week of us knowing each other, I lost my job. <laughs> so I assumed she'd hit the road thinking, uh-oh, this guy's a loser. But what I was doing, and this is fate. I don't know if it was fate. I don't know if you believe in fate. I do. I do a little bit. I think, though, that you create your fate. That makes any sense. It's kind of like the oxymoron. But I believe that you put yourself in a position for good things to happen. And I believe up to that point in my life, I put myself in a good condition, in a good position, mentally conditioned and physically positioned to take advantage of the next step. After I was terminated, I decided to work for myself. I began a company that I'd been rehearsing in my mind, like sort of these incantations. I've been saying it in my mind, what I would do, how I would act, where I would go for that first time to knock on a door and say, hey, I'm open for business. And I actually did those things. Sort of in my book, I talk about seeing my future through this car. Well, this was part of the future that I saw through that car. I saw this moment. I took advantage of it. And remember, a lot of people have opportunities in life, and very few people actually take those opportunities and run with them because some people, believe it or not, can't see it's an opportunity. They see another conversation. They, they, they see someone else that they met. You know, every, every time you shake someone's hand, a new person, who's to say that's not the person that's going to change your life in the future? It's a connection because you always have to believe in the professional world. Every person you meet is a possible asset for you and your company. And I, and I think that living the way I lived, the way I grew up, I saw every single person as an opportunity. But after working for this heating and air conditioning company for 10 years, I studied, I learned. I learned everything that they could teach me. I, you know, I learned in, uh, in different schools that we you know, were able to go to. But mainly I learned about watching people. I watched what worked and what didn't work. A few years into that job, I became the number one selling service tech. I had the most in service repairs on average with this company, and I had the most in equipment replacement. Uh, so I would sell. If I went out to work on your heater or your AC unit, and it was kind of over that peak, past its prime, I would try to convince the owner to do the right thing and invest in new equipment, not waste their money in this old bucket of bolts. And um, that, that worked well for me. When I started my new business, all of those things that I learned to being that number one producing service tech, to be the person with the lowest amount of callbacks, to be the, the person that sold the most equipment, all of the things that I did working for someone else, all of a sudden now came back to be the tools that I needed to succeed. And the one thing that you can't learn from other people, now this is my opinion, you cannot learn the under lying desire to succeed. You can see successful people and sometimes it can be a deterrent because you can look at them and think, wow, they've got it made. They're already there. Maybe they grew up in a perfect environment and, and that's the reason why they're successful. I grew up in a single family. 
a single parent family in a bad neighborhood. I, I'll never succeed because of those things. You know, you can quit and throw that crap out because that is an excuse. It may have some bearing on where you are today, but it doesn't mean where you're going. It doesn't mean what you're going to do in the future. It only means what you've done in the past and how you think today. That's all that means. But this world is full of opportunities. And, you know, look, I, I, I grew up in what I would call a perfect family. Uh, we weren't rich, but we were comfortable. But that doesn't mean that I am where I am today because I was comfortable. All that means is that if I'd have followed in the footsteps, I'd be comfortable today. I wouldn't be where I am. You know, comfort is something that, yeah, I think if you get down to it and define it, it's, it's comfort is the ability to adapt and to be happy with the environment in which you're in. Uh, I don't want to be comfortable. I want to be successful. I want to have an abundant life. I want, a, you know, the, the abundance of cash, the abundance of things that I want. And the reason why I want abundance of cash is one of the worst things that you can possibly feel, the worst feeling that you can have in the world is seeing someone that you care about, someone that you like or you love or just admire, seeing them in a bad financial position. Maybe they've gotten sick. Maybe they've lost their job and there's no other opportunities where they're at. Maybe they've, they've had a child born with medical issues and they don't have insurance to cover it. Wouldn't it be nice to be really rich? To be able to write a check and give it to someone and lessen the stress on their life. So how's having too much money a bad thing? You know, how is how is being successful financially any a negative? Now, if you make a billion dollars a year and keep a billion for yourself, you know, there's definitely opinions for that. It's your right. You do what you want to do. It's a free. It's a free country. But the right thing to do is to take that billion dollars, live the life you want to live. Trust me, you, there's a lot of there to give back to help people, to help those that have lost their house and can't replace it, but due to a storm and underinsured or a medical condition or a loss of a job or the breakup of a family, whatever may happen. Maybe someone dies in the family and leaves the remaining uh, family members at a financial loss. Uh, wouldn't it be nice? Not only would you feel good about yourself and you're living the life you want to live, living where you want to live, driving the car you want to drive, sending your kids to the best schools and, and buying them the best clothes and having the most gadgets that you ever possibly wanted to have. And by the way, your neighbor down the street that's not in that position, you can help them. Now, you're not going to make their problems go away, but financially, you can lessen their problems. If their house burned down and they had no insurance, guess what? You can build them a new house. I have a personal experience with giving houses away. I was part of a program to where we built the house for a family in seven days with a lot of volunteers, and we pretty much gave houses away. Uh, that was one of the best feelings in the world. And so that's what drives me. The, the, the things that I can do to help other people's life is one of, it's not the only thing, but is a huge portion of what drives me forward and it's what drives my future. And where I am in life today is because of a lot of people that I've met in the past. But all those people I've met in the past and things I've done in the past, there again, they don't define my tomorrow. I'm doing stuff now that I've never done. I'm doing stuff now I've never thought I would do. But it doesn't matter because you know what? Tomorrow, I need to... See, if you're, if you're living comfortable, if you go to the same job, the same route... You're doing the exact same thing. You wear the same five shirts, the same five pants a week, and you're doing everything the same. You're not living on the edge. 
I mean, you're, you're, you're not living out there. You've got to have some, you've got to have the ability to live with a little bit of discomfort in your life because uncertainty is one of the human, the human needs. It's one of the things that we need to grow to succeed. Um, there's a, uh, a strategist, motivational uh, uh, speaker and coach that says uh, that your future is dependent on how much uncertainty you can live with. And he's absolutely right. I mean, he's absolutely right. Um, it's one of the things that I believe that how much uncertainty that you can live with, and maybe it's a new job, maybe it's moving out of the area, maybe it's starting a business that you never thought you would start before, whatever the case may be. It's, it's that uncertainty which will help you define and craft your future. Um, if you get sick, if you're you know, physically uh, disabled in every way, shape, and form, it's, you're, I mean, it's going to be hard, let's face it. But short of that, anything is possible. And even people who have, say, paralyzed in a car accident, can go on to be the most successful in the world because look, I mean, now it's, it's all about survival. And, and a lot of these people now are looking and saying, look, I've had this bad thing happen. I'm going to pick up the pieces and I'm going to go and they become some of the best people that you can ever meet, ever talk to, ever study and ever learn from because they've taken this negative that's happened in their life and they've turned it into a learning, a positive learning uh, uh, possibility for others. And, and when I see that, I'm inspired. I'm inspired by their fight to move on, even though they've been dealt this big blow. Uh, and I can tell you, I have the, um, I have the most respect for people in the, in, in, and, um, and like that. And I, I can just say right now, I just totally love seeing someone take a bad event in their life and change in their life and actually live a better life than they did before. And I hope I never experienced anything like that, but I can tell you I'm inspired by those who, who have, you know, we, we, we go on and we live through this, this wonderful thing called life. You know, some people will say, well, you know, it's another day. It's another dollar. I just live through it. That's not the attitude you want. You want to wake up excited. You want to wake up pumped. You want to wake up like I did when I started my new business. My heating and air conditioning business was based on survival. I mean, you know, at the immediate time, I don't want to just survive. I want to thrive. But when you go from having a normal paycheck each week, even though I wasn't living the life I wanted to live, I was barely paying my bills and I was working my butt off and had commissions coming in. And, you know, that was a few things that were my fault. And my fault was I had too much debt at the time. And so part of what I want to talk about in the future is how to leverage yourself so you don't have too much debt. But I started this business and I had to survive. I mean, the options were survive or fail. I mean, there was nothing in between. You know, in business, you don't survive. You grow or you shrink. You succeed or you fail. You don't stay the same. And that's a myth. People think that, well, I just want to stay this size. Well, you're not staying that size because as the economy changes around you, shrinks or grows, that determines where you're at. So you're not staying the same. You're shrinking or you're growing. You're, you're succeeding or you're failing. But I, I, I succeeded in this business because it was my future. It was it determined whether I kept my house, if I could pay my mortgage. It determined if if uh, if I ate or not. I mean, the bottom line is it determined my future. 
And I took this company from one truck, one pickup truck and a green container that I kept my tools in the back end to 18 trucks and at one time 21 employees and a uh, basically a idea to a seven-figure company. And I did that in under seven years. And in, in May of 2007, I sold that company. And I, you know, one of the things, I, it's, it's not the end of the story. It was only the, 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 maybe the end of a chapter of this chapterless book, you know, that, that I'm, I'm, I'm living. And it was great. It was great to see an idea turn into something that I could later sell for a profit. And that's where I'm at today. I am now in the building and real estate business. I buy and sell houses. We buy and sell a lot of houses, better known as flipping. That term I don't really like, but it's what everybody knows. So, hey, why not use it? But we buy and sell real estate. Um, I develop real estate as a builder, a class A builder. I see a lot of the, the new trends and you know, I have to stay on top of where are people going with their ideas. It's easy to sell a house that people have bought for the last 20 years. But what do folks want now? What are they buying today? What's buying tomorrow? Because when you're on top of your trends, you know, you have a house that goes on the market. It doesn't mean your house is not going to sell. I want my houses to sell before they're finished. I want my houses to sell because you know what? The things people are looking for, I've got them. I've got them in every room. I've got them on every floor. I've got them in every end of the house. And that might mean the cool, touchy things that you can see and touch, or it might mean the mechanical systems of the house that lowers your utility bill. Whatever drives people, I want to be there. Now, how did I get that mindset? Well, I got the mindset starting back at the age of 13, seeing the future, anticipating what people want, anticipating the future. I, it, it, it is, It's just sort of an accumulation. So, you know, I guess 1987, I actually bought this car that I'm writing a story about. November of this year will make 30 years. I've decided to tell my story in a series of podcasts and eventually videos. And I can't wait until the book comes out. Because what's going to happen is I want you to experience what I experienced and have the knowledge that I have now, but not let it take you 30 years to do it. Okay? I mean... It's, that's, that's something that if all about learning, you know, you can't reinvent the wheel, but why would you, right? You see the wheel, you know, you can, you can change things. Um, you, you can modify things. You can make it fit your situation, your personality, whatever, but you take someone else's successes and build on it. And that's the quickest way to financial freedom, to happiness, to live in the life you want to live and put yourself in a position to be able to give back to folks and, and help your neighbor. You know, there, there's a, there's a part of me that wants to succeed more than ever before because I'm nowhere near my potential. I know that uh, I have regrets that I haven't worked hard enough for long enough. Um, I know for a fact that where I'm at in my life right now, that I should have been telling my story years ago, but then I look back and say, well, you know, there was things that happened two years ago that wouldn't have made sense. I mean, if I talked about it then, it wouldn't be as impactful if it's told now. So I believe now's my time to tell my story. And I hope you'll want to listen week after week, day after day. I hope you'll want to pay attention. If you don't like it, uh, uh, just keep listening. Maybe there's one day I say that one thing and boom, you like it. And if you love it, please let me know you love it by liking this podcast. Uh, let's make this thing a favorite on, 
on um, Google and Apple, and let's make this this podcast go up and share it, share the stream. I want to tell my story each week. I won't be all over the board like I was today, but we're going to talk about each individual event that can happen in your life or has happened in your life or my life, Uh, each event in business, uh, trends, where we need to go. If you've made a million a year, how do you get to two million? Uh, if you if you're making twenty thousand dollars a year, how do you get to thirty? How do you take thirty and take it up to a hundred? I mean, let's forget about these little small things. But I can tell you right now that small steps add up to big steps, right? You know, little little steps along the way keeps you motivated as well. But I have to tell you, you have to you have to change your way of thinking. You have to you have to quit surviving or try to make one dollar more tomorrow and start making a hundred more. Start making two hundred more. Just grow and expand and. And live a life of abundance. I mean, that's where we're at. Now, abundance can be whatever you want it to be. It can be physical items. It can be money. It can be happiness. It can be love. Abundance is anything you determine. It's just a lot more of it. So don't mistake. I'm not talking about just buying a bunch of junk to have it. I mean, living the life you want to live and living it to its full potential. I hope you've enjoyed today, and I will talk to you next time.